you today. I am getting ready to preach the Word of God. That's always exciting, isn't it? Well, I think it's exciting because I'm the one. But, you know, I hope that you're also excited. I believe that God has given me a fresh word for today. As we were praying this morning, Simon, where's Simon? I love Simon. And I love his just boldness to just go, this is what God is saying. And he really teaches me things. But he just had a word for me that I'm a now woman with a now word for today. And so I hope you're really ready for that. I'm just going to pray and then we'll get straight into it. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your presence here with us today. And I just pray for the word of God. We thank you. We praise you for your precious word. I pray, God, that you will just impact hearts and lives today. God, use me as your mouthpiece, as your vessel. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are in our new series, which is Discover Your Purpose. Discover your purpose. Two weeks ago, Aaron started this off with an introductory session. And then last week, we had the amazing Fab Three. Didn't they do incredibly last week if you were here? They were just, I've just been thinking all week about what they've been saying, about how we discover our purpose through people, through places, and through projects in our lives. And this series is such an important series, whether we're a new believer, uh, not yet a believer, whether we're a seasoned believer, whether we're young, whether we're old, it really does does not matter. It's very tempting to think if we've been around church for a long time, yeah, man, I exactly know what my purpose is. I know all of that. I've read The Purpose Driven Life like 600 million times. Like, I've got it down. But actually, don't take that attitude because God has something new and fresh to say to us every single day, every day. And I really believe that through this season, he will direct us into new days in our purpose. So the title of my message today is Shaped on Purpose, Shaped on Purpose. By the way, I'm aware that I don't recognize everybody out there today. So in case you don't know who I am, I'm Claire. I'm part of the team here. Um, I've been an Assemblies of God pastor for a number of years now, ministering in Western Supermare, but I moved back to Exeter in October. I'm currently still waiting, everybody, still waiting for a visa <laughs> to get into Minnesota in the States, but that's okay, because while I'm waiting, I get to be with you guys. Isn't that great? And so I was born again in this church. Aaron and Rachel, my youth pastors, me and Gareth and Hannah, we were all kind of young people and young adults together, and it's just been awesome, hasn't it, to be able to grow up. I've always had a really strong connection in the life of this church here. I was even smiling the other day because I was worshipping, and I realized that I do Gareth's hips when I worship. Gareth has got a very distinctive Elvis hip. And, but that came because, you know what, Gareth has always led worship passionately and faithfully ever since I've been part of connected with this church. He does an incredible job. He does an incredible job. And so his influence even influences me in the hips, right? So we want to see a bit of Gareth, Gareth hip going on. So anyway, I'm getting distracted. Shapes or purpose, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, this is one of the very first verses of scripture I learned. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You know, we can be assured that each of us in this room today is a unique masterpiece of the most high God. Isn't that good news? God wants us to know that we are, are worthy through Christ today, that we are chosen, that we are handcrafted, and that he has planned good things for us to do. In John 15 verse 16, it says that we did not choose him, he chose us. That blows my mind. 
that before we were even born, he knew us and he created us, right? There it is on the screen. You can see it. You made all the delicate innermost parts of my being. Isn't that amazing? You were shaped on purpose by the God of heaven. You are not a mistake. Even if people told you you were a mistake, you were not. You are not a mistake. And I really felt this morning, I actually preached this, uh, this message in Exmouth last week, but it's going to be different because I'm speaking to a different congregation of people. And I really felt this morning that there were some people here who have been walking with the Lord for a long time, or maybe they've walked with the Lord and they've gone away, they've walked away, and they think that they've just messed up. They've done something in their life, and they believe that they are disqualified, disqualified from the purposes of God. You just get up every day, you kind of know he's there. It's like, yeah, you're there, I'm going to talk to you, and then you just go out into the humdrumness of your life. But I want you to know that you are not disqualified. You are not disqualified. Whatever you have done, whatever you have done, his blood covers that. His blood covers that. And he is calling you to a new day of purpose today. John Ortberg wrote a fantastic book called The Me I Want to Be. And in that book, he says, you are not your handiwork. Your life is not your project. Your life is God's project. It's a fantastic book. I'm a real geek about books. I always like to know what other leaders and things are reading. So that's why I put a picture up there so you can see. Now, the enemy really likes to lie to us in so many different ways. One of the ways is that what we have to contribute is worthless, that you are a mistake and you are meaningless. And if that's you today, you need to listen to the scriptures that we've already said and speak those over your life. But one of the other ways that he lies to us, and Aaron actually touched on this in his uh, sermon, is that the enemy likes to tell us that the purposes of God are mysterious, that we have to strive really hard to understand what his purpose is for our life. And I spent a lot of my early Christian days really in fear that I was going to miss out on what God had for me. And I got so in fear of that that I really just, I was like, well, I'll just pray a bit, pray a bit, and let's just shoot in the dark. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> you know, we'll just, just, I'll do everything, I'll do anything, whatever. But I was really very afraid that I was going to miss out on the path that God had for my life. But that is a lie. That is a lie of the enemy. Because if he, we can believe that lie, if he gets us to believe that lie, then we get so afraid of doing anything, then we just do nothing. We just are immobilized in fear. And we fall into that danger of spending so long in prayer about what God wants for our lives that we just don't get on and do something. We just don't get on and get out there and try things, reach out, step out, because that's what we need to do to discover his purpose for our lives. I woke up on Thursday morning with this in my head. And yes, that is what happens to people when they preach. You wake up in the morning And God puts things in your head. It's one of the problems. And he said this to me, a life of service reveals your purpose. A life of service reveals your purpose. And that is so true. That is so true. When I was a new believer in this house, I literally tried everything. Literally. I was in the sound box with Russ (laughs) at the back. I was serving tuck out of the tuck shop downstairs in the youth. I was cleaning the toilets. I was praying over people. I was just doing everything. And you might think, well, you can't do that because you're just going to be juggling so many balls. Well, you can do that because how do you discover your purpose? By serving. A life of service reveals your purpose. That verse from Ephesians says he has prepared good works for us in advance. 
He has shaped us on purpose, with a purpose. That is a promise. And that means he will reveal to us what we need to know when we need to know it. We don't need to panic. We don't need to worry about it. He will not keep from us a mystery, something that we need to know. That is a promise. We can be assured of that today. If our hearts are to genuinely seek after God and to live as he would have us live, he will guide us along the right path. Psalm 32 verse 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. And I'm in this funny season right now of transition. And I'm just learning more and more how I'm called to live with purpose every single day. I may not be in the destination that I believe God ultimately has for me yet, but that doesn't mean I'm not living a life of purpose. I'm not sat at home just waiting for a visa to drop through the door, worrying about the fact I'm here and not there. That's completely pointless. I'm living every single day with purpose. He has plans for me right now, where I am at right now, and that is the same for you. God will always work his purposes out. We can be assured of that for his glory for the sake of his kingdom, for the good of his people, and for the good of the world. You, every one of you, is part of what God is building here in Exeter. Lost people saved. Saved people pastored. Pastored people discipled. Discipled people sent. That is what the mission is of this house here. You are all called to that. Every single one of you. And if you don't know what else to do, just do that. You won't be going far wrong. If you don't know what else to do, do what the great commandment says. Love God. And love other people. As Ali said last week, it's not any more complicated than that. Love God and love other people. Having said this, I do believe that we are all unique. We are all shaped on purpose. We all have a unique makeup. God has given us different spiritual gifts, hearts, abilities, personalities, experiences. Not one of us is the same. We are shaped on purpose to fulfill the good works he has planned for us to do. And he wants us to discover that uniqueness, our God-given shape, so that the world knows what it means to love him and to live for him. We are not an assembly line product. Aren't you glad of that fact? (laughs) We are not mass-produced without a thought. You've only got to look around this room today to see the creativity of our God. It's amazing. And I believe we need to just look at how God has made us to be, our unique makeup, so we can better serve him. And I'm going to nick, of course, a wonderful acronym from Rick Warren, SHAPE. And that's from the Purpose Driven Life book, of course. This is a classic if you've been around in uh, Christian circles for any length of time. But if you haven't, I really encourage you to read this book. And uh, I've done it at least five times. I've probably read it more. (laughs) But Rick Warren, in this book, oh, hello. The angels have come upon me from on high. I'm lit up now. That's lovely. SHAPE is what uh, Rick Warren has uh, has put in this book. And SHAPE stands for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personalities, and experiences. And Job 10 verse 8 says, Your hands shaped me and made me. Your hands shaped me and made me. If we want to understand our shape, we need to look at these five areas to help us to discover our purpose. And we should want to discover our shape. Why? Why? Because it's not just for our own benefit. (laughs) We don't discover these things and think, well, that's lovely. I'll just sit at home and think about that now. We discover our shape for the purpose of worshipping God. 
serving his church and reaching his world. Because don't make the mistake of thinking that your shape is just confined to these church walls. It's not. In discovering our shape, it should cause us to question, how can I better serve the community around me? I loved being a school governor in Weston. That was part of the way that I could serve my community. Aaron is a police chaplain. That's the way that he serves the community. Street pastors, people who go into politics, God bless you. Cap money coaches, there's so many different things. People who go on overseas missions, support compassion, tier funds, whatever it is. In discovering your, your shape, hopefully you'll find your place of service within the church. And also you'll be equipped to serve the world around you. That is the point of it. God has intentionally placed you in your workplace. He has intentionally placed you in your family. He's intentionally placed you in your social spaces. And he's intentionally placed you in this spiritual house. Discovering your shape is about effectively serving God in all of these areas. So are we ready today? I hope I can give you just some ideas to help you to think about these areas. So S is spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are special, God-empowered abilities for serving him that are given only to believers. We are not naturally born with spiritual gifts. These are gifts that God gives in our lives when we decide that we are going to be his follower. And they are in our lives solely through God's grace. We cannot earn them. We in no way deserve them. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11 says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. It is not up to us. You know, we can't put in a mail order for a particular gift. That is God's decision. And we don't have these gifts for our own benefit, but the benefit of others, of course. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And I was thinking about this the other day. I went to see with my mum and dad and my uncle and his friends. I went to see the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra. And they were just incredible, I'm telling you. Absolutely. If you ever get a chance to see them, just watch them. But as I was sat there watching them, I was like, every single one of those people has a unique gift. A unique musical talent and gift. But they just played together. And the sound, the united, beautiful sound that rises up when they play together is honestly incredible. And that's what it should, we should be like as his church. <laughs> we should be making that beautiful, united sound before the throne of heaven as we all serve with the spiritual gifts that he has given to us. You might be wondering, well, what? I don't even know what a spiritual gift is. That's okay. There's three main places you can find them, and the scriptures are on the screen now. You can write them down. I don't have time to read them all now. <laughs> but they include such an amazing variety of things, things like encouragement, prophecy, helps, hospitality, leadership, generosity, speaking in tongues, all of these are examples of spiritual gifts. I wonder if you've taken the time to discover your gifts. And an open gift is absolutely worthless. Our spiritual gifts are an incredible thing, you know. And what I'm learning more and more is how we don't just use them in church but we use them in all the rest of our life. I work as a support worker with the homeless at St. Petrox in Exeter. And I just really, I wanted to go in and do my job and come home again. That's what I would have liked to have done. <laughs> and I'll, yeah, I get it. I'm working with homeless people. That's chaotic. And it's, yeah, but <laughs> it's wonderful too. But I kind of didn't really want any responsibility, if I'm honest. I was like, I'll just go in, I'll take my paycheck, I'll come home again. That's going to be lovely. 
But within a couple of weeks, people were coming up to me, my colleagues, and saying, Claire, what should we do about this situation? Claire, how can we help this person? And I was like, I've only been here two weeks. Like, what's that all about? And suddenly it dawned on me, I've got the spiritual gift of leadership. And so people within my workplace, even if they don't know Jesus, they're identifying something about my makeup, and they're coming to me for leadership. Isn't that incredible? I just, I think that's absolutely, God is incredible. (laughs) But just before we move on from spiritual gifts, the last thing I want to mention on this is really important, is our spiritual gifts are not given to us as an excuse to not serve in other areas. Has anyone ever heard somebody say, when you've asked them to help with something, well, it's not my gift. It's not my gift. I wonder if you've even said it before. That's even harder to answer. Well, it's not my gift, so I'm not going to help. That is not what spiritual gifts are about. Our spiritual gifts do not exempt us from service. Actually, when we use that excuse, it can be a cover-up for fear, for selfishness, for laziness, for pride, all sorts of things. You know, we need to hold our spiritual gifts humbly, knowing they are grace gifts from God, and they are never to be used as an excuse to not serve somebody else in love, because we're all called to serve one another in love. So there we go. There's part one, S, spiritual gifts. H is heart. I love this one, heart. God gives us passions. He gives us likes and dislikes. The Bible uses the word heart to describe our desires, our hopes, our interests, our ambitions, our dreams, our affections. Proverbs 27 verse 19 says, As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Our heart reflects who and reveals actually who we are. Not what other people think we are. Not what circumstances force you to be. Not what you would like to be. But who you truly are. We need to pay attention to our heart. To our passion. To our desires. Our affections. Because this is how God has shaped us. I don't know whether you know. But obviously we've all got unique thumbprints. And we've all got unique eye prints. And we've all got unique voices. But I didn't realize we've all got a unique heartbeat. Our hearts all beat in a slightly different rhythm. No one has a heartbeat like yours. And thinking about that in a spiritual context, what is the heartbeat of your life? Because nobody has a heartbeat like yours. How has God created your heart to beat? What do you love to do? What makes you cry? What gets you excited? What do you look at in the world around you and feel driven to make a difference in? What are you passionate about? For me, it's about making a difference to those who are on the margins of society. For reaching those who are homeless and broken and addicted and seeing those dark places change. You know? But that's not everybody. God works within all of these things. And I've been very saddened sometimes to be in churches, to be around Christian people. And I've heard people say this. If it's what you want to do, then it's probably not, God, what, not what God has for you. And I'm like, that's so sad. Because God, our God is our good Father. And he has placed desires and dreams within our hearts for a purpose. God fuels us with passion. He fuels us with passion to press us past our fear. So that we can truly walk in our purpose. I believe that. God wants us to serve him with our whole hearts. 
And we do this so much better when we serve passionately and not out of duty. You know, so many people take a job they hate because it's going to pay them the most money. And it's just duty that's driving their lives. Don't do that. (laughs) It's a mistake. It's a waste of a life shaped for purpose. Proverbs 15 verse 16 says, A simple life in the fear of God is better than a rich life with a ton of headaches. That's a message paraphrase. I love that. I love that. A simple life in the fear of God is better than a rich life with a ton of headaches. If you want to discover your purpose, look at how your heart beats. Look at how your heart beats. A. A is abilities. Unlike spiritual gifts, abilities are things, natural talents that we are born with. We're born this way. And sometimes we get very shocked in church life. God also uses our abilities. (laughs) He doesn't just use our spiritual gifts. He uses what we're good at quite frankly, because we're all good at something. And I love that description of this dude who I can't ever say his name. I'm going to call him Bezzy today because I can't say his name. And it's in Exodus. I'm, I'm terrible at the, the Bible names. If someone's good at pronouncing them, I could do with sitting down with you and learning how to say them. But Exodus 31, I'm just going to read it, verses 1 to 5. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, I'm going to say the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. This dude was good at craftsmanship. He was amazing at making things with his hands. That was his ability. And God's like, I've given him a spirit of wisdom, He's a spiritual man, but I've also given him the ability to work with his hands. And I'm going to use all of that, all of that for my glory. I love that. All of our abilities, they are given by God. We 100% might misuse them. So some of us may have the ability to make money, for example. And instead of making money to be generous, we make money to be selfish, right? So we can misuse our abilities, but they are not there by mistake, They are given by God. The difference is they were in us at our creation instead of at our spiritual rebirth. And you might be sitting there and you think, I'm just, I'm not good at anything, to be honest. I have no abilities. That is rubbish. Studies have revealed that the average person has 500 to 700 abilities. That's a lot, right? Your mind can handle 15,000 decisions a second. That's particularly when we're eating. (laughs) Who else likes to eat? Amen. Amen and amen. But yeah, 15,000 decisions a second. Your brain can store 100 trillion facts. I know that seems mind-blowing because I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. You know, but apparently I can actually. We had an apple that tasted like an onion (laughs) this morning. We did. But anyway... Our nose, can smell, <laughs> our nose can smell up to 10,000 different odours. Again, some of you might be more sensitive to that. Who walks by the Lush shop and thinks, blimey, I cannot even go on the same side of the road, right? It is a really smelly shop. All of these things, though, we are created this way. And we say to God, oh, God, you know, I've got no abilities. I'm no good. I can't do anything. That is an insult to our maker, Right? He has created us with all these abilities. Examine what you're good at and what you're not good at doing. And this is an indication of what you should be doing. We overcomplicate it sometimes, don't we? 
If you can't sing or play an instrument competently, you are not going to be in the worship team. I'm sorry about that, but you're not. Oh, yes, but I've got a heart for worship. I don't care. Because I don't want to listen to you squalling and squawking and playing things out of tune. You know? I, I just, that's just not how it works. If you can't organize your own diary, you're probably not going to be an office manager, are you? No. If you can't run for more than two minutes without getting out of breath, I don't think I'm going to be seeing you in the next Olympics. And I am suffering this morning. I was leg day, people, on Friday. And I can't even, even that hurts. It really hurts. And so I am never, I am never going to be a weightlifter. I'm telling you that right now. And that may seem like common sense to you, but God has given us common sense as well. Amen. He has given us common sense as well. Don't be afraid to use it. What are you good at? What are you not good at? 1 Peter 4 verse 10. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessing. You can't really get any clearer than that. P. We're going well. Personality. Our uniqueness is actually a scientific fact of life. If we were to write out our DNA on, a, on paper, it would be 37,000 miles long. <laughs> it's obvious that God creates us uniquely. We all have unique personality traits. Some of us are introverted. Some of us are extroverted. Some of us are a confusing mix of both. That's me. Some of us like routine. Some of us like variety. Some of us are much more thinkers, practical people. Some of us lead with our emotions, not me. <laughs> In the Bible, we see the different personalities of people coming out and being used by God. Just think about the disciples. Peter, who put his foot in it more times than I care to count. James and John, competitive. Thomas, a little bit more timid. But all of these guys were called by Jesus. All of them were used by him. Think about the Apostle Paul as well. Before he met Jesus, he was a brilliant, passionate zealot who used to persecute people. And when he met Jesus, he was still a brilliant and passionate zealot who sacrificed himself for people. Instead, God uses who we are. Your personality will determine how you use your spiritual gifts, how you use your abilities. <coughs> It's really important that we consider this thing. I'm just having some water. I'm, I'm shouting. I'm sorry. I get excited when I preach. Can you tell? So, for example, two people might have the gift of hospitality. If you're more introverted, you might think to yourself, well, I'm going to have a couple of friends round for a meal, and you have a beautiful, intimate time together. If you're more extroverted, you might think, right, I'm going to throw a massive party. And I'm not just going to invite my friends. I'm going to invite the friends of my friends and the friends of the friends of the friends. And it's like a massive riot. Now, is there a better way, a wrong way? No. Both are genuine, beautiful expressions of the gift of hospitality. But our personality just expresses it differently. If we don't understand our personality, it's very, very easy for us to get tired and frustrated because we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people, trying to use our gift like other people are using theirs. You know, I learned a long time ago, I can't be like somebody else when I preach. I can just be me. I can't be like Aaron. I can't be like Gareth. And they can't be like me. And that's good, isn't it? <laughs> we're all different personalities. We've all got different study styles, different ways of communication. If I try to mimic them, I'm just going to get frustrated. 
It doesn't mean that we can't learn from anybody else. Of course we can. Of course we can. I learn every single time I sit under somebody else's ministry. But we're never going to be like exactly the same anybody else. And I believe when we learn about our personality, there's a real freedom that comes in our purpose. Because we've become confident in how he has shaped us and how we're supposed to be using our gifting. You'll be kinder to yourself, trust me. You'll be kinder to yourself when you understand your personality. And you'll be more effective in your ministry. Because you'll stop competing and you'll stop comparing and you'll stop trying to hit this fictional ideal standard of what my gift should look like. God has made you, you. And one of the values of this church is to be authentic, right? And I believe as we discover our personalities, a real authenticity is going to come on this house. E. E is experiences. Romans 8 verse 28 to 29 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and accord according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. Our experiences are part of what shape us. He can use the experiences of our lives to direct us in purpose. Look at your family experiences. Look at your education. Look at your vocation or where you're working. Look at your ministry experiences. Look at your spiritual ones. Look at your painful ones. Nothing, nothing has happened by mistake. And you know what? God does not cause pain, by the way. He may not have caused it, but he has allowed it. And he's allowed it to happen in our lives for a purpose because he uses all things for our good. He is a redeemer. Even of those experiences that were meant to harm us. Even of those experiences that we've ended up in because of our own sin. He can redeem everything. Rick Warren says, The very experiences that you have resented or regretted most in life, the ones you wanted to hide from and forget, are the experiences God wants to use to help others. They are your ministry. Do you know that some of your greatest ministry can come out of the places of your greatest hurt? And I know that that's not a very popular thing to think about. But who better to help someone that's caught in addiction than somebody who's recovered from an addiction? Who better to help someone who has a disabled child than someone who has a disabled child? Who better to come alongside somebody who's struggling to care for an elderly relative in a care home than somebody who's also walked that journey? It doesn't mean that nobody else can help. It doesn't mean that nobody else can listen and pray and encourage and share godly wisdom. You know, at the end of the day, I am a single woman and I have helped people with their marriage problems. And so God gives us compassion and he gives us a wisdom beyond what we can experience. Absolutely. We can't experience everything in life, but I think we all know from our own lives that we appreciate people who have experienced what we are now facing. They can speak from their experience as to how God has helped them, how God has brought freedom into that situation that you are now encountering. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 says, He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. Notice how it says we are not going to avoid troubles. We are going to have troubles. 
but God gives us comfort in the middle of them so that we can share that comfort with other people. Reflect on the experiences of your life. If you hand them over to God, they are such a powerful tool in His hands. Who might He be directing you to speak to and encourage even today? In conclusion, we are shaped on purpose. We are are a unique masterpiece of our Creator God. And we can discover that we are shaped on purpose when we reflect on all of these areas, spiritual gifts, hearts, abilities, personalities, and experiences. You know what you're supposed to be doing. Do you want to know? Then reflect on your shape. Reflect on your shape. To help us consider these five areas, I've actually put together a booklet that you'll be given as you go out of the room today. And there's just some questions and some tests and stuff that you can do for each of these areas of your life. And I encourage you to just take, I think it will probably take 45 minutes. You may even do it in half an hour. I was told I should do it in half an hour. It might be a little bit longer. But I think it's worth it, right? <laughs> I think it's worth it to invest, invest in our walk with God. And what we would like you to do is when you filled that out, if you feel that you want to, share that with us. Please bring it back in and hand it in to either me or to Mandy. You'll know, is Mandy here? Yes, hand it in to Mandy. She's a lovely lady, our administrator. She sits on the reception. You can hand it in to Mandy. And we would just love to look at that. And again, why? You're thinking, well, why do you want to look at that? Because remember, we're not discovering our shape for our own good, but to serve God, to serve His church, and to serve this community. And so we would love to be able to plug you into areas of service in this church. We would love to encourage you and pray for you as you consider ways that you can reach your world for Christ. If you don't share that stuff with us, we can't do that very easily. It might be, and we, I promise you, we will get back to you. You might think, I've done these things before and they never got back to me. I promise you, we will get back to you. It may just be as simple as we are praying for you in this area. It might be a bit more complicated. It might be, you know what, we identify this in your life. Have you considered serving in this way? So please do take those, fill it out, hand them back in. God is good. He is good. Let me just pray. And then we're going to sing a closing song together. Father God, I thank you that you are our wonderful, powerful creator. I thank you for how you have created each of us with such a unique fingerprint. I thank you, God. I pray that in this place today, people will be stirred again to push into the shape that you have made them. I pray that you will reveal people's spiritual gifts. You will reveal their hearts. You will reveal their abilities. You will reveal what their personality is like. You will reveal the experiences you've given them that that they can use to help others. God, reveal that to us anew today, I pray. Forgive us for the times that we have just tried to force our own lives into the boxes we want them to go into. Forgive us for the times when we listen to the words of other people above your own words. God, we want to listen to your voice today. We want to listen to the purpose that you have given to us. We want to listen to the path that you have for us. We want to listen what you call us. God, I pray over the people in this house today that you will break the negative names. You'll break that they are a mistake. You'll break that they are useless. 
you'll break, that they are worthless. God, I pray against those names today. And I pray that they will hear you whisper a new name into their life. Called, gifted, masterpiece, unique. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that no matter what we have done, no matter what we have done, we are not disqualified from walking in your purposes. God, I pray today for those people that came in here feeling that they were disqualified. God, give them a new sense of their shape, a new sense of their purpose. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. For those people who may not even know you, they're like, what the heck is this woman banging on about? God, I pray that you'll reveal your love to them. Reveal that they are a special and loved creation. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let's stand together and let's sing and worship our Saviour.